um, the 11th chapter, Mark chapter 11, and um, praise God. Let's, uh, let's look at, um, let's begin at verse number 22, Mark 11, 22. really want to kind of springboard off of verse 24 tonight. We'll start at 22 and work our way down. So let me remind you, faith receives what grace has already given. Okay? Faith receives what grace has already given. Faith is not about you trying to get God to give you something. Faith is not about you trying to get God to do something. Um, he's already done. He's already given. He's already provided. He's already promised, and all of His promises are yes and so be it. So faith is how we receive into our life reality what grace has already given. Amen. Now, in Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. And, and look at me for a minute. He said this after a demonstration of faith. He demonstrated faith in a spectacular way. And while they stood there in amazement, he says to them, have faith in God. In other words, this is, this is what faith will do. This is, the, this is the kind of thing that faith has been given to us to do in our lives. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And so this is where we're clearly included in this. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, in light of what I've just told you, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That same verse, number 24, from the King James Version, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when you pray. So the New King James says, whatever things you ask when you pray, the King James Version, what things wherever you desire when you pray. You say, well, ask and desire, that's obviously there's a, re a relationship there. How, how do we get such different translations? Well, what's, I guess, implied in asking is that, you know, there's desire behind the ask. But I really prefer the King James Version here um, because I think the emphasis needs to be on this idea of desire. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, <clears throat> we said last week that faith operates according to a specific set of factors and conditions and that we should not think that strange because everything Father created and designed was created and designed to work according to a specific set of factors and conditions. And we looked at some different things, oxygen and oxygen's present in the air we breathe, it's also present in the water we drink. And you'd think, well, just because there's oxygen there, I can breathe it. Nope, doesn't work that way. 
It's not random in general. It's, 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 it's specific and, and, and established. And so when it comes to something that operates according to a specific set of factors and conditions, close enough is, is not good enough. You follow what I'm saying here? In other words, um, I heard it ex explained this way. Um, you would think if you're dialing a seven-digit phone number, if you get six out of the seven digits right, that'd be enough to get your friend on the other line. But it's not, is it? It's, there's, there's a precision that's required. And again, when it comes to faith, that's another word we could use here. Because it operates according to a specific set of factors and conditions, it requires precision. It, it requires uh, an understanding. Now, desire is a key factor. And we were created as beings with the capacity to desire. And ultimately, we were given that capacity because we were created in the image and likeness of God. God has desires. And we were created to look like He looks and to function the way He functions. Now, desire can be a very powerful force for good in our lives, but it can also be a very negative force for, for, for pain and misery in our lives. The Bible makes it very clear in the book of James that each one is tempted when he's drawn away of his own desires and enticed. So, when it comes to desire, sometimes, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because there's a greater point that I feel like we need to make tonight. But the Bible clearly teaches that we can cultivate a desire for something, especially if it's something good. Think about all the things in your life that you wanted, maybe even, you know, thought you couldn't live without that you didn't even know existed 10 minutes ago. So when we talk about desire, sometimes it feels like, seems like what we desire is just kind of random, imposed upon us or falls out of the sky and hits us or whatever. But, you know, there's, there's even machinery, if you will, behind our desire. We looked at it in class tonight. Jesus said, if your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. And whatever you treasure, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So by making something a priority in your life, by giving your undivided attention to it, your heart will gravitate towards that thing. So desire, if I could just simply say this, desire can be cultivated. You say, well, I really don't have that really burning desire. I'll just say for, Father, for God himself. Pastor Mark, you know, I'm trying, but I don't really have that... Well, you can cultivate a desire for Him um, by setting your mind upon Him, by making Him a priority, by giving Him place in your life. Um, it's amazing how, you know, again, that, that desire will begin to grow and build within you. So when we pray, desire is a key factor in receiving from God. Because desire inside of a person sets things in motion. Remember, 
faith is a function of the heart. It's, it's a function of the inward man. Guess what? Desire is also a function of the heart. It's a function of the inward man. So when our hearts are stirred with desire, it becomes a catalyst for the faith that's also in our hearts to be stirred as well. Amen. Let me try to say this another way, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I think this is pretty clear, but let me state the obvious just to be sure, okay? If we want something bad enough, we're going to find a way to get it. There's the more, matter of fact, the Bible even says that, you know, that desire within us or hope within us, it, 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 if it's deferred, it makes the heart sick. Um, you know, so we can become so even consumed with the desire that, um, that we will be motivated to do extreme things um, to get it, to achieve it. Um, some of you have heard this story before, but Pam and I, uh, we fell in love and I knew she was the one for me. And so I went and told my mom and dad, I just started college at UAB and I told mom and dad, you know, I said, you know, Pam's one, one I'm going to marry her. And my mom and dad said, you know, we'd really like for you to, I was 18. They said, we'd really like for you to finish school first. And I said, man, I respect that. That's a great, wise wisdom, you know. What they didn't know is that I was going to squeeze my four-year degree into two years. Right? Amen. I was ready to get married. I desired my wife. You follow what I'm saying? Amen. So if we really want something, if we really desire something, man, we will we will go to extreme lengths so because the heart's involved. The heart's, I'm not talking about a whim. To me, the difference between a, a true desire and a whim, a whim is something in, in, the, in the brain. Desire is, is engages the heart. So when we begin to desire the greater things of God and, and we begin to see in Scripture and we begin to hear things that, you know, faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, but at the same time, faith is being awakened and aroused and cultivated in us by the Word of God. Desire also. When you hear what the Word of God says about a better life and an abundant life and a life of freedom and a life of prosperity and a life of health and wholeness and soundness in your mind and emotions, Again, these things should create a desire in us um, uh, for these things. So the desire then must give way to faith. Because remember, faith receives what grace has already given. So when a godly desire is, a, is awakened or aroused within us by, by something from the Word of God, we can't just go work three jobs and save up a bunch of money to go buy that thing. In other words, the only way that desire is ever going to be satisfied or fulfilled is, is if we receive it by faith. Is this, is this making sense to you? I'm not, listen, there, there are some, you know, there's some steps from, to take from one to the next, but it's, let me just, I hope it's sufficient for now to see that if there's no desire when we ask, there's more than likely going to be no faith when we ask. If it's, if it's not something that, that we're really... Remember, he said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness 
will be filled. Someone who really isn't that interested in, that's, that it doesn't interest them, it's not a big deal to them, it's not a priority for them, they'll never be satisfied. You see what I'm saying? They'll, they'll never experience the satisfaction that they could have otherwise. But it begins with that hunger. It begins with, this is why the enemy's always trying to, to get us to, to, to move over into a place of complacency. He's always trying to, to get us to become stagnant. And this is why we are constantly saying around here, good things coming. Our best life's still ahead of us. Your best days on earth are still ahead of you. Um, and, and, and how Paul was reaching uh, for the greater and for the more. And that's not greed, that's growth. That's not, that's not you know, um, <laughs> in other words, it's almost like, and, and in, in this is an amazing thing, it's, it's almost like, you know, the enemy using established religion, or, you know, the religious establishment, is, is like it's, they try to tell us it's sinful or wrong or bad to desire these things. And that's simply not the case. I mean, he said, what things, what things soever you desire. I mean, that, that might be a sports car. I, you know, so, I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to trivialize this, nor am I trying to offend you. What do you desire? What, what? Amen. Father loves to give good gifts to his children just like you love to give good gifts to your children. Amen. Amen. I mean, if, 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 if you were just loaded, you see what I'm saying? If you had it to, to do and to give, would you not find great pleasure? I mean, would it not be cool to buy everybody in this room a new house? I mean, you know what I'm saying? We got four bedrooms and five bedrooms and, you know, to choose from what size house you want. We got one for everybody in the room tonight. For you say, Who wouldn't love to do that, right? Amen. Well, see, that, I'm, 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 you say, Pastor, that's ridiculous. No, it's not ridiculous. That's the heart of our Heavenly Father. He, he give everybody in, this, everybody in this room tonight a new house and it not, it not even cause a blip in his budget. Do, do you see what I'm saying? So the, the desire part, it, there's, it, it, desire is the catalyst. That's what just keeps coming up in me. It's the catalyst. So then he says, what things wherever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them when you pray, and you shall have them. Now, the key factor here, obviously, is the faith, but if there's no desire, the faith is not going to be what it needs to be. Let me just try to say it that way. But then once, and this is the part that the Holy Spirit's just really, and I went to preach this a few months ago, but it's like there's just some more here to it that he's kind of showing me along the way. Faith, hope, love. The greatest of these is love. Now, Anytime I tell you something that would qualify as my opinion or, or I don't have three verses to prove it to you in the scriptures, I always wave a red flag and say, here it comes. So here it comes. But this is what I believe the Lord is showing me. 
that faith, hope, and love obviously now abide. So he's saying those three things work together. They work in connection with, in conjunction with one another. Okay? But that faith, hope, and love is the established order. With faith being where it begins, it progressing from faith to hope, and then the greatest is love. Now, The reason that is the case is because one of the underlying things that we've been doing this year in studying faith is we've looked for the different areas where the enemy is coming in and contaminating our faith. Like for instance, faith will not work in a heart filled with unforgiveness. That's why the next verse after this one is, and when you stand praying, forgive. Because unforgiveness is where? It's the same place desire is. It's in the heart. And in the same way that that desire can awaken and arouse and, 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 and feed into faith and developing faith, unforgiveness can just cut the legs right out from under it. So faith is, is weak at best, if, if, if not completely inoperative in a heart filled with, with unbelief. I mean, well, unbelief's another one, but in this case, unforgiveness. All right. So, you know, where is all of this breaking down? And, and I think here's another key area, and it's, it's, it's in this area of hope. It's in this area of hope. And to be honest with you, I've, I've always seen it and taught it as being hope giving way to faith and, and, and hope being like beginner faith, kind of like you start out hoping and then somehow hope becomes faith. Listen to me now, and I'm, I know some of you are like, well, that's how it is, Pastor Mark. Okay, yeah, well, but just, amen, just take a deep breath and, and hold off for just a second and listen to me. I think we need to be reminded what hope really is. And hope by definition is a confident expectation for receiving some future good. A confident expectation for receiving some future good. Now, this again is an area where I think we need some instruction and some understanding. Desire is important, and I know we spent almost the whole time together last Wednesday talking about the importance of desire when it comes to believing God and receiving from Him. Desire is important but I think a lot of people are mistaking desire for hope or are trying to substitute desire in place of hope stay with me now wanting something to happen 
is not the same thing as genuinely hoping something will happen or come to pass. Let me give you an example. We often use the word hope when we really mean want. We often use the word hope when what we really are meaning is, is something we desire, something that we want. Let me give you an example. I hope I get that job. I hope I get that job. Now somebody could say, I hope I get that job and be in genuine hope. But that's not how they would say it if they were in genuine hope. If they were genuine hope, they would say, I'm so excited about my new job. See, there would be an expression of confidence. Man, I am so excited about this new job. Man, I interviewed for it. And I, I mean, I mean, the Lord spoke to my heart. I believed I received. I, you know, in other words, see, Notice, notice how it sounds different, right? I hope I get that job. What are we, what, what's, if somebody says that, generally speaking, uh, there could be an exception, but generally speaking, what are they saying? I really want that job, but I'm not sure I'm going to get it. I hope I get that job. See, this is, this is not genuine hope. Genuine hope, like genuine faith, has a basis to support it. There's what we need to say, like, I'm hoping this based on what? What are you basing that hope upon? Because genuine hope, right, will always have some support for it. How about this one? I hope everything turns out okay. See that, what's missing there? What's missing there is the confidence. What's missing there is the confidence. What we're really saying here is, I'm not sure how this is going to turn out, but I sure am hoping it's going to turn out okay. And we also do the same by, I might add, with, I'm believing everything's going to turn out okay. See, Jesus didn't say, be believing everything's going to turn out okay. In this situation, what did he say? Believe that you receive. Notice the tense there. In other words, order, if I could get a little ahead of myself, the proper order would be, I have prayed and believed that I received a successful outcome, so now I am confidently expecting this situation to work out in my favor. You see the difference there? This is why, and I, listen, I, I'm so thankful for the, the different men that are internationally known ministers that have taught me so much over the years. And, and I'm almost like, you know, you know, who am I to question, you know, what so many faith teachers have taught over the years and how they've taught it. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm going to present it to you. It may take me this tonight and next week at least, but I'm going to present this to you. But you, and sometimes it's you say tomato, I say tomato, I got that. But in other words, we mean different things by using the same words, but words mean something. Amen. And, and so even like when it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? That, what he's saying there is, is faith provides the basis for the hope. Hope doesn't provide the basis for the faith. Faith doesn't rest on hope. Faith rests on thus saith the word of the living God. 
The word by faith by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith rests upon the word. Now when we believe that we've received but don't have it in our hands yet, this gives us the confident expectation that we will have it in our hands and soon. You see the difference there? Man, I hope she shows up. <laughs> what are we saying there, right? We're saying, man, there's... Better than 50% chance. See, back to probability now. See how we just went back to that? Probability versus his ability, right? In other words, what are we saying? She hasn't shown up in the past, and she, good chance she's not going to show up today. So when we say, I hope she shows up, what we're really saying is, I sure do want her to show up. But notice, there's no confidence. Matter of fact, what, what is each of these statements expressing? They're expressing doubt. They're communicating doubt. I hope I get the job. means I really want it, but I'm not sure. Not sure is doubt. I hope it turns out okay, meaning who doesn't hope it turns out okay? Who's sitting around going, man, I hope this whole thing goes to heck in a handbasket? Nobody, right? So You see what I'm saying? So in other words, that's kind of a, a, a generalized thing there. Man, this one right here bothers me too. Well, you know, we're hoping and praying. <laughs> we're hoping and praying. And we got both fingers crossed while we're doing it, right? And it was just, right? We're hoping and praying and we're standing on a left foot facing north and staying away from ladders and black cats and broken mirrors. Amen. Might as well be what we're saying, right? Right? It's subtle and it's sometimes hidden. I mean, we, that sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? Oh, brother. We're just hoping and praying. We can say it's so sincere. But think about what we're saying. Hoping and praying is the same thing as we're hoping it turns out okay. Just using some Bible words in there to make it sound spiritual. It's subtle and hidden, but can you hear the doubt in each of those statements? Genuine hope is confident expectation for receiving a thing desired. Can you imagine Abraham saying, I sure hope Sarah's finally pregnant? That is not what it means when it says he had hope in God in a hopeless situation. I sure hope that woman's finally figured it out. No, that's not, that's not what he's saying. What, what is he saying? Let's, let's, I got a few minutes. You got a few minutes? Let's finish this right quick, this part anyway. Um, let me, you know what? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to give you Mark eleven twenty four 24 in the God's Word translation. That's why I tell you to have faith that you have already received what you pray for. And it will be yours. And it will be yours. See, we, we have this tendency to think of hope as being pre-beginner type faith. We have this concept of faith or maybe it's just me, I don't know, but had this concept of faith being strong and sturdy and rugged, but hope kind of being frail and weak. And No, no, see, hope is what carries you from believing you received to the doctor confirming the healing. Hope is how we endure by faith 
and endurance, you may inherit the promises. How can you have confident expectation of receiving you know, some future good, right, when there's no evidence whatsoever in your life to base it upon? That's what, that's what Abraham was, was dealing with. Let's, let's go to, um, amen, I'm going to skip some of these verses. So let's go to uh, Romans 4 and 17. Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. Amen, I'll put them up on the screen. Romans 4. And 17, I, I skipped some others I had ahead of that so that it's not on the top, but it's Romans 4, and then that's verse 17 on the screen. It says this, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Notice what he's saying here. Not will make, he says, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Let's say um, you're a kid and you want a new bicycle. And so there's desire, right? You desire a new bicycle. If you're like me, you had the Sears catalog. Right? Huffy, is that what it was? BMX, green, man, we, we both desired the same bicycle, right? Somewhere in my parents' photo album, there's a picture of us on Sunday morning holding them up like we're popping a wheelie in the den, right? Amen. So we noticed the desire. We kept feeding that desire by looking at the pictures and talking about it and the tires and this and that, right? Desires building, desires building, desires building, all right? When my mom and dad said, you can have that bicycle for Christmas, my desire shifted to confident expectation. You see this now? See, now, now it's like, oh man, <laughs> it seemed like seven years, those last, you know, last three weeks before Christmas, you know, seemed like three Christmases passed before, right? But notice now, there's, there's a confident expectation. It's, that's hope. That's hope. And notice, it was based upon them saying to me, if that's the one, if that's the bike you want, we'll get that bike for you and your brother for Christmas. Right? See, now, they've told me that it's mine. I believed. Never lied to me, right? So I believed them when they said, when they promised that bike for Christmas. So now, notice, I've gone from desire to believing that I received it to now a confident expectation. How I'm talking about it now has changed. I'm talking about it like I'm already riding it. You can't tell me there's not a devil too. It rained Christmas, that Christmas poured rain. I'm like, dude, I want to ride this bicycle so bad, right? All right, so, but now, but notice now, I'm talking, I mean, I'm calling it my bicycle. I've only seen a picture of it in the catalog. I desired it. My mom and dad said I could have it. I believed I received it. Now, 
hope, confident expectation for receiving a thing desired carries me. But I'm not, I'm not talking around and saying, man, I sure do hope I get that bicycle. That's not hope. That's me questioning whether or not my mom and dad are going to do what they said they were going to do, right? That's not, that's not hope. That's doubt. That's desire mixed with doubt. Desire mixed with faith changes the whole vocabulary. What I'm going to do when I get my bicycle. See, that's the confident expectation that carried me from the day they told me to that Christmas morning when it was sitting there by the fireplace. Do you see the difference between how hope fits into this? So when I say where, if, if faith operates according to a specific set of factors and conditions, if we look at what those factors and conditions are and how faith works and, 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 and the function of it, I think a lack of our understanding when it comes to hope, especially if we confuse hope for desire, especially if, if, if we think, you know, hoping and praying is the same as faith. Hoping and praying is not the same thing as believing you received. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as though they did. So God called him the father of many nations. He was not the father of a single person yet, right? But he believed God. That's faith, right? He believed God. And what did that create? Verse 18 who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. He became what God said he was. But not till he believed what God said. So when it says, who, contrary to hope, what he's saying there is, Absolutely no reason whatsoever for him to have any confident expectation. So that's again, when I said to you a moment ago, can you imagine Abraham saying, I sure hope Sarah's finally pregnant. That's not hope. That means, you know, it's, we've got our hopes up before and, and she wasn't and so who knows, right? Now, see, that's not hope. Hope has to have a basis. What was Abraham's hope based upon? It was based upon what he believed. What, what, and what he believed was based upon what God said. God said it. Abraham believed it. Because he believed he received it, he had confident expectation for receiving the thing he desired. And that hope carried him until what? He became the father of many nations. To what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Let me give you that. Same verse in the Passion Translation, then we'll pray. All right. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at His word, and as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many 
that they will be impossible to count. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, for those of you who don't know the story, he was 100, his wife was in her 90s, she couldn't get pregnant when she was in her 20s, and yet they're going to have a child. Absolutely no natural hope for that, no reason to confidently expect that whatsoever. The confident expectation did not come into play until Abraham believed the promise. Once he believed the promise, that faith, believed he received, produced an expectation now that God will fulfill it. And then notice what happened. He took God at his word, believed, expected God to fulfill hope, and as a result, he became the very thing God said he was when there was no evidence to prove it. Amen? Amen. All right, are you seeing some things about faith here? Very important. Listen to me now. You have faith right now in you. You have faith. Jesus demonstrated what your faith will do, not just what his faith will do. He demonstrated what your faith will do. What do you desire? What do you desire? What, I'm, come on now. What? See, again, it's like, well, I don't know, Pastor Mark. I just haven't thought much about that. Start thinking about it. You need to start thinking about it. What do you desire? Anybody here desire to be debt free? Anybody, anybody in here desire to uh, have a, a, a home or a new home? Or what? Hey man, what do you desire? Pastor Mark, you shouldn't trivialize. I'm not trivializing. It's Father's pleasure to give you these things. And you say, well, why don't you just give them to me because I've been good or because I've tried hard? No, it doesn't work that way. It's by faith. It's by faith. So the promise can be sure to all, to everybody. Desire, believe you receive, confidently expect. There's a difference between going to the mailbox to see if the check's in there or to see if it's not in there. Right? I mean, there's a whole different attitude. There's a whole different look on your face when you're going to see if that check's in the mailbox. Man, you just, you're expecting it today, confident that it's there today, right? I mean, you go, you, know, you grab that mail out. There it is, right? Versus going and not expecting it to be there. It's a completely different attitude. And you can't fake it. Who says you can't fake steak? Is that Longhorn or somebody? I don't know, steakhouse? Maybe I'm too hungry to be talking about food right now. You can't fake steak, right? But guess what? You can't fake hope. And that's what that, you know, I've been told my whole life, just come expecting, brother. Come expecting. You know, well, I mean, what, what does that mean, you know? No, that hope's got to be based upon something. That expectancy's got to be based upon something. And my friend, when it is, your faith, your faith will not only support that hope, but it will power on through whatever time lag there is, that faith will be working behind the scenes to produce that result. Amen. All right, stand with me. Praise God. Oh, Father, what things whoever we desire. Pray tonight, Lord, that 
as we stand before you, that you begin to speak to men's and women's hearts, Lord, about some things they should be desiring that they're not desiring. Lord, there, there's some folks in here that, that um, you said it's not good for a, for a man to be alone. There's some folks in here, Father, that, that, that need to find favor by finding a spouse, but they've been hurt so bad in the future, in the, in the past, Father, that they, they don't really have much expectation for any kind of happiness in, in that area of their lives for the future. Lord, I thank you that, that it's got to begin with a desire, a desire for a godly wife, a desire for a godly husband. Father, there's other folks in this room that have, Lord, they've, they've just become set. They've, they've settled, Lord, for less than your best um, in their marriage, in their finances, on their jobs. Um, they, they've become complacent and um, really not much excites them or, or saddens them, Father. They just try to be, you know, just middle of the road, whatever, Lord. I, Father, stir desire within us for more of you, desire for more of your things, a desire, Father, to, to, to be more effective in ministry and helping other people. And Lord, these things that, that obviously have been given and, and the, the authority and, 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 the, and the power, the exousia, the dunamis, Lord, um, to operate in your name and do business in your name here, Lord. Father, some folks just don't have much of desire for that, Lord, and they, because there's no desire, there's no faith, because there's no faith, there's no expectation, and Lord, I thank you that you're setting some of these things straight in our hearts and lives. And Lord, you are speaking, I, I just thank you for it, Lord, I, I thank you for doing it. I, it's not even that I'm asking you to do it, it's like you're showing me to do it right now. You're showing me that you're doing it right now, Father, you're stirring up desire in people's hearts for some things, Lord, that maybe... Lord, there's some folks in here, there's stuff they desired years ago and they just feel like that whole thing's passed them by now. And they, they missed some opportunities and they squandered um, some, some blessings and, and, and now, Lord, they just feel like that, that part of their life is over. Lord, I thank you stirring up desire, dreams that we dreamed when we were young, Father, faith rising up to believe you, to believe you. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just feel in my heart that this is a historic night. <laughs> this is an important night, Lord. Some folks in here are realizing it now. Some folks won't realize it till later, Father. But this is an important night, Lord. There's some things that are, that are clicking in our spirits, Father. There's some things that are coming into alignment, coming into agreement with you, Father. That's opening up our faith engine like never before. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shake somebody. Yes, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. Thank you so much for being here. Good things coming. I see some of you in the morning, some of you Sunday. Be in prayer for our services on Sunday. It's going to be a great day for the kingdom.